0: Welcome to The Breakaway, a Sacramento Republic podcast. Bend it in the box!
1: Unbelievable strike! <laughs> My goodness, what a defensive play! Half the crowd can't even believe it!
0: Welcome in to The Breakaway Match Week Edition. Two matches this week, so a double match week edition coming out this week. And then next week on The Breakaway, it's big. Playoff edition of The Breakaway. We're going to give you everything you need to know Leading into the playoff match coming up next week, a lot of good stuff. It's going to be a ton of fun. We're going to try and have almost everybody on who we've had um, on the match week editions, including Rob McAllister, Adam Moffitt, and and more. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, that'll be next week on on the Breakaway Playoff Edition, not Match Week Edition. Playoff Edition. We'll be bringing that to you next week on today's episode from the Sack B. Cameron Salerno. And we talk about what these next two games are going to look like for Sacramento, the strategy they're going to take heading into the playoffs. Obviously, the playoffs next week is what everybody's focused on, but a key couple of matches coming up this week to try and figure out what this team is going to have personnel-wise going forward. We also talk about what players we think are going to be a lock for the starting 11 as of next week. I said seven, he said four players. We talk about who they are and why. Um, So a lot of good stuff there. And, of course, coming up Thursday, I already talked to her. We're going to talk to Alicia Rodriguez from SB Nation. one of the best. She is awesome. Covers a lot of teams on the West Coast, not only MLS, but USL Championship as well. We'll kind of get some insight on how she thinks Sacramento is going to do in the playoffs. And depending on, obviously, who Sacramento plays, uh, we'll have a huge factor on that. So that's coming up on Thursday. But before we do that, let's get right to Sacramento B reporter Cameron Salerno. He's back on the podcast. He covers your Sacramento Republic for the Sacramento Bee. It's Cameron Salerno. Cameron, thanks so much for taking the time again, and uh, it's good seeing you, my friend.
1: It's good seeing you as well, Connor, and uh, also congratulations on your engagement. I know we, I mentioned and talked to you about it the other day. It's, uh, you're the big man in the house right now.
0: <laughs> I would know. I, I appreciate that. I'm definitely not the big man. That's, that's, 100%, uh, that's 100% certain. Not the big man in the house. Um, but that's okay. I appreciate that. I'll, I'll put that in my footnotes, um, to, to remind myself of that every once in a while. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very exciting, very exciting times, but also very exciting times is playoffs right around the corner. Uh, two more matches left for the Republic after the draw against Reno, um, which didn't really tell us a whole lot about this team. Um, you know, we've tr- been trying to figure out what this team was going to be down the stretch. And it kind of felt like there were moments where they played well. There were moments when, um, you know, they didn't play as well. The, the one thing that I thought was a good takeaway from this match is the, dif- the defense looked a lot better. There had been question marks about that. Last week on the podcast, I talked with Matt George, trying to figure out who that second center back position is going to be when we go to playoffs in the starting 11. Is it going to be Deco Keenan? And I said Hilliard Arce was a good oper- probably a good chance. Um, and Deco Keenan played really well. Obviously, USL Team of the Week this week scored the goal. Um, so it seems like he might have the upper hand, but uh, you, know, you you mentioned before we started that Matt Mahoney, also a very, very uh, good player for the Republic, and he's had good moments this year. And I know you said that Mark Briggs is a big, big Mahoney fan. So we'll see. What do you think about uh, who, who is going to be that second center back spot?
1: Yeah, I mean, Mark Briggs has a tough decision to make because Deckel played really well uh, against Reno, obviously scoring that goal, and that's definitely a confidence booster for him. But I know he's also a really big fan of Matt Mahoney, and he gave Mahoney a lot of big minutes early on in the season when he was healthy. But now with Sacramento fully healthy, it's going to be interesting to see these decisions Briggs makes and his staff because at the end of the day, if you have everybody healthy, you're going to have to really pick a lineup that you want to stick with and you feel confident with going forward. I know we also touched on it too. You're getting to the point where, you're probably not going to win first place, and you're probably going to play Phoenix Rising in the first round. So you really have to walk the line of, do I want to rest my key starters to make sure they're good for Phoenix, or do I kind of want to play everybody in order for them to have that camaraderie and that momentum going, especially if Sacramento can reel off two wins at the end of the season and kind of keep the momentum going and the streak alive.
0: I think it's a good problem to have. I think you make a really good point. I mean, Hilliard Arce was also, you know, a large contributor in the fact that Republic only gave up one goal last week's or on on Saturday's match. So Deckel and Hilliard Arce playing alongside each other, Keenan scoring the the goal, obviously, um, but it'll be interesting to see what Mark Briggs decides to do. What are your thoughts on as we come down the stretch? I mean, you kind of touched on it a bit. Do we see guys get more minutes, try and get match ready, everybody healthy back at the same moment? We saw one thing we did see tactically just quickly. Roro Lopez played a little bit more up top um, as a center mid rather than typically he's been more of a center defensive mid. Played a little higher in this last match. I'll be interested to see what happens with that going forward. Maybe Mark Briggs just trying to tweak something a little bit different. Um, But they have so many options. Andrew wheeler Amenu back, which is so good to see. Juan Barrona back who I imagine will be at left back the remaining of the year. So you're right. Lots of tough decisions to make and these next two matches. And like you said, yes, if Reno loses both matches, you win both matches. You're the top, uh, top slot in group A. I just don't see that happening. Reno, uh, has played extremely well all year long. Um, so we'll see what happens. I, I, I just feel, and you can, I would love to get your thoughts on this as well at this point of the, of the season, You want to get everybody feeling comfortable, feeling confident with each other, and then maybe use Saturday, not necessarily tomorrow's match, but Saturday's match is kind of, this is who we're going to run out, get them confident with each other, get them as many minutes as you can um, down the stretch. But I don't know, Wednesday, I I think tomorrow it'll be different. We'll just see guys get a lot of reps.
1: Yeah, I think on Wednesday is the day to kind of figure out what you want to do with your lineup. I think it's a great opportunity to put out your 11 that you really see can start against Phoenix. Get those guys out there and use the last day on Saturday for your rest if you really want to go that route. Because on Wednesday, if you can get a win, because Zach Republic has obviously tied three games in a row, you really want to get a win going into the playoffs. You don't want to have four straight ties or a loss or anything like that. And so I think it's a great opportunity on Wednesday to really show who you want to play in the playoffs. And obviously you can kind of adjust the lineup as need be, but I think a lot of guys are stepping up and it's, it's great that guys like Andrew Omnu are really healthy right now and same with Juan, but I mean, Briggs is going to have tough decisions to make because there's more than 11 guys who can easily start uh, when they play Phoenix next week, more than likely.
0: So, Let's talk about it a little bit. What spots, and I did, we didn't talk about this ahead of time, but I just thought about it, and I think it makes a lot of sense. What spots do you think are basically locked to be in the starting 11 in the playoff match coming up next week? So my thought, obviously I think Rafa Diaz, 100%. Um, Jordan McCrary at right back. I think Juan Barahona at left back, he's not as solid for me as McCrary. So that's three there, but I do think Barahona is going to be starting. I think Hayden Sarges as the fourth. Um, I think Drew Skunrich, five. No, he wasn't there on Saturday. He wasn't at the match, a late scratch. And then Carlton Belmar and Derek Fromello. So that's, se- I think that's seven, if I counted correctly, of guys that I think will definitely be in the starting 11 at the playoff match. What do you think? Or do you think there's anybody else I need to slot in there?
1: I think, I mean, when you look at it, Mark Brayson can go a lot of interesting routes. And thinking about it, obviously, I think there's a lot of guys that come to mind. But I think there's about four locks that I know for sure will be in the lineup. Rafa Diaz, Hayden Sargis, Drew Scunrich, and probably Jordan Prairie. Anybody else – Briggs has really shown that he will adjust the lineup as need be. I mean, Drew Scunrich has started every game besides, obviously, Saturday. And same with Sargis. I think that was the first time they both didn't start all year. So, they're, pretty, they're obviously locks for the lineup. I think same with Rafa Diaz. I, I, I did think that um, – Diaz has just played well year. He deserves the role going forward. Uh, obviously, you have a lot of guys that are in the mix. I mean, you have Frankie Lopez. You have Roro. You have um, Asha Paulin, who has played well this season. You have Juan, who has come on strong. You have Andrew Willier-Omenu, who has played and got back in the lineup finally. So there's definitely a lot of guys that can work their way into the lineup. But just looking at it from the surface, I really think there's only four locks, and like the guys I said.
0: Interesting. I like that. I like that. For what I, I just, for whatever reason, I feel Belmar has made such a huge, drastic change since he's been up top instead of out on the wing that I think that might be the reason why he is that starting striker um, in the middle going forward. But we'll see. You're right. I mean, who knows? We have two more matches to play. And I think what is also interesting is this is kind of an opportunity, too, for Mark Briggs to figure out who are my guys who I'm going to bring off the bench, too, because it's not, you know, you have five subs. You don't have to use them all, obviously. But Really, there's a lot of guys who could be slotted into those fives, so that's going to be something to keep your eye on going forward too. And you know, if you're down, obviously late, you want to bring in more attacking guys. Um, so I don't know; it's going to be a lot of interesting things. Um, one thing I want to hit on, and I, I didn't—I don't know if Sa- Sam Warner to me has played much better in the second half of the season than the first half. Do you think he or Bijev will start, or will they start together if they're in that eleven coming up in the next playoffs? What do you think?
1: I think vijev definitely has played well this season but there's some games that he sometimes is inconsistent i think warner you know what you're going to get from him every single game and that's no knock on vijev i think he's played well this season he scored a lot of great goals but with warner i think you just really know what you're going to get from him every single game he's been solid i think he's the most underrated player on that team um so going forward I, i do think that they both have a chance of being in the lineup at the same time it just who knows at this point? I mean, I think it's going to be really interesting to follow. And kind of like what you said, too, I'm, I won't really be surprised who will be in the starting 11. I'm really going to be interested to see who's in the 18 mm. and really rounding off the subs. And another point I want to hit on, too, is once you get to the playoffs, it's so important to have that experience. I know people really downplay and say, oh, it doesn't really matter. No, it, I think it really matters. And you have guys like Roro who's been there and he's won a championship. You have a Owosu who's played in key playoff games. You need guys who can kind of calm the younger guys down like Sargis and people like that because obviously it's Sargis' first playoff game with the club and it's his first full year. But you need that experience in order to really like, calm your young guys down because I just think that's, that's really important. That veteran leadership is going to loom large. And that's also another reason why Declan could be in the starting line too. I mean, calming presence in the middle, uh, really young, I think he could help out Sargis a lot.
0: Really good point. Really, really good point. Um, and I think, what, uh, you know, at going forward, and we talk about tomorrow's match, really, you know, it's a, it's a key match for a number of reasons, but I think Republic is going to use this as a get guys minutes, get maybe Kami Wasa, a guy who hasn't played, you know, a ton of minutes recently. He's been mostly coming off the bench. I imagine, I, I have a, just have a feeling he's going to start tomorrow. Um, maybe Asha Paulin, we'll see him in, in the 11. We haven't seen him in the 11 for a while. Um, maybe Frankie Lopez, Matt Mahoney, guys like that. We'll see them in the eleven. Get get their reps, get their minutes, get them feeling confident for next week. Um, and then, like you said, it's going to be a tough decision for Mark Briggs. But in that's one of the things that I think is good about his coaching style is nobody really has a guaranteed spot. We've talked about this, you know, a couple of weeks ago. He is very comfortable with saying this guy's been playing better recently. You're, he's got the starting job as of now, but it's not a lock. And that's, I mean, that's one thing we know. And you said only four guys you think are locked to have that starting 11 or be one of the guys in the starting 11 in the playoff match. I said more than that. I think you're probably right just because of the way Mark Briggs is not afraid to switch guys out, make changes, and motivate guys in a different ways too. You know, maybe that motivates someone like Kami Wassa to come off the bench and have, a huge impact off the bench. We've seen him do it a couple of times this year. So I don't know. That's what's going to be interesting to see these next two matches.
1: Yeah, and I totally agree with that because I think I was just about to say Awasa too, because I think awasa is I mean, I think he needs that confidence boost in order to do well in the playoffs. And if it's coming off the bench these next few games like he has the last two games, I think it will help him a lot. Um, but yeah, that experience is going to play large and I think that's why Awasa could possibly work his way into the starting 11 i know has played really well but like you said i really respect mark Briggs' philosophy as far as if you're not playing well you're not going to be in the starting 11 i i don't care he, he kind of has that feel to him that even no matter how good you are no matter how much pedigree you have the club you're gonna have to earn your spot every single game and i mean who knows if Sacramento beats phoenix and they play like reno in the second round the starting 11 might be totally different than last week's. So it, it's totally up to Briggs as far as who he wants to start every single game. And I think change, things can change over time because players are playing better. Some guys are struggling, but I think it could really motivate guys who come off the bench and they have that potential to do well, like Awasa does. Because arguably, I mean, Roro and Awasa. I mean, they've been there, they've done that, and they will be needed in this playoff run if Sacramento wants to make a run to the championship.
0: And one thing we also have to mention is Mark Briggs, malleable all the way around. He's not afraid to change his lineup. He's also not afraid to change his formation. We've seen them go three in the back a number of times. Maybe that's something that they at least have in their bag if they go down late in a match, and they can switch it up and have an even more attacking mindset, which is going to be really interesting. Who knows? Maybe Iwasa plays really well these next two matches, and we see Iwasa up top with Belmar um, in the playoff match. So that's what's going to be a lot of fun to watch, and it's going to be good to see. I, I think it's really important not just for trying to, still trying to win the top of Group A, but getting wins, as you mentioned earlier, getting momentum into the playoffs. I know they have 10 matches where they haven't been beaten, which is incredible, but the last few, you know, we haven't seen a win. We've seen a lot of draws, and I think that can halter their confidence a little bit. It'll be really good to see a few wins going into playoffs get the confidence ready to go for the single elimination matches next week
1: and not just a close win, how about a dominant win? I think they haven't had that in a while. I mean, look, you look back at their tail end of their win streak. It was it was one-nothing, it was 2-1, it was comeback wins after going down early. And obviously the last three ties, I think it would really help their confidence going forward if they can get a one-nothing win or a two-nothing win just to kind of cement their confidence going forward. Because you're going to need that. Obviously, I think we touched on in the last podcast, too, is during the playoffs, people obviously are a lot more nervous. Nerves get to you. And I, it goes in soccer that, obviously, these games are low-scoring. They're one nothing. They're 2-1. They're low-scoring games. And so if you can win a commanding game, it will really help your confidence going forward. So when you get to the playoffs, you can win those games one nothing, Like Republic have all year, and so I think it is going to help because that is their style of play. They want to play defense and they want to score one goal and then play defense the rest of the game and not worry about scoring. They only have to score when they get down early, kind of like they did last four out of, or four out of five games or three out of four games that they allowed a goal in the first five minutes and then they play the rest of the game down and they have to really play catch up. So if they can really limit the scoring, and I think they can, I think they can win going forward one nothing in the playoffs and beyond.
0: Well, you're right. And Saturday's match, the first time they haven't allowed an early goal, which is a positive. I know it's something that they've mentally have been wanting to get over. They kinda have. Um, defense probably played the best it's played in a few weeks, which is a positive as well. And then and as you mentioned, Alicia Rodriguez, who we had on earlier, we're gonna have her on Tuesday. She's with SB Nation. She mentioned that a lot of times in these USL championship playoff matches, they're low scoring, a lot of times one nil. And Sacramento has experience in the one nil games. They've did it Many times in their on what what there was their win streak a few oh, about a month ago a month and a half ago, and I think that's really important. So being comfortable in situations where a lot of teams aren't, we've seen Sacramento win close games one nil. We've seen them play, really win games that maybe they shouldn't have, but they get they figure out a way, and that takes a lot of resilience. We've seen them come back from giving up early goals. We've seen them do a lot of these things that I think bodes well. So they've kind of seen almost everything, and that to me. Makes them feel like they have a lot of experience going to the playoffs. Now, you mentioned the playoff experience. Roro, Kamiwasa, two big guys that we know have playoff experience. Others, of course, as well, playing in the USL. Jordan McCrary, one of them. William Bijiv. So there's many different guys that are going to be huge down the stretch. But I just think defensively, that is their main key. I really have confidence that they're going to find a way to score a goal. Um, We've seen them do it all year. They've really only had a few matches where they've really, really, really struggled. They've gotten opportunities. They're going to have to finish. Defensively, that's the most important thing for me.
1: I totally agree with that. Like you said, these games are going to be close going forward. There's there's going to be no gimmies. And obviously, if you beat a team like Phoenix, it's going to be 1-0, 2-1. It's not going to be 3-0. I think vice versa as well. I don't think you're going to see a lot of these uh, USL playoff games that are ending in 3 nothing scores they're going to be close, and that's just the way Sacramento plays, and I think that really favors them going forward because if they can keep games close, then they always have a chance because it's like you you look at it in some aspect that if even if Sacramento goes down 1-0, it feels like they're always still in the game. I mean, I know it's only 1-0, but just in a flick, you blink your eye and it's 1-1 because they have that ability to strike and score fast if they get down early, but I feel Sacramento is more relaxed going forward when it's zero zero and they can really control and play their style of play. Cause their style of play is really developing and getting passes and scoring off opportunities. And I think we talked about earlier too. I don't think Sacramento scored off a header all year. Maybe I'm wrong.
0: They, I but... think they had the, the Hilliard Arce goal on the very first match back against Tacoma. And then like oh, you yeah. said, the deckel goal. Yeah, Reno, you're right. But that, I mean, only one other than on Saturday.
1: Yeah. And they get a ton of corner opportunities. It seems like they get at least like five or six or seven a game. And so, uh, yeah. And also I think another thing we touched on too, in our last podcast is how I, we haven't seen any offsides. I think there's like two or three, the last like three games. And so it just, it, that's just interesting too, how things kind of develop like that. But, no, playoff matches are going to be close. They're going to be tight. And I think Sacramento has a really good chance to win those games because of their style of play, if they can keep things
0: close. Absolutely. Last thing before I let you go. I Mark Briggs has talked about it all year long, and this is something to keep your eye on Wednesday and Saturday. Their energy level, we've noticed, in matches that are more important, typically seems to be higher. They seem fired up and ready to go. What I want to see is Wednesday and Saturday – matches that you could say, quote, unquote, don't matter, even though they do, if they can keep their energy level high, start high, end high, because I think, you know, when they gave up that late goal to Reno in the, you know, in the 3-3 draw, what was a couple weeks ago, their energy level dropped late, Um, and that was a huge reason why they gave up that last goal. So playing down to their opponents has been a problem all year long, and I think this is a perfect opportunity to get rid of that problem. You're playing Tacoma, you're playing Portland, two teams you should beat get the confidence high, don't play down your opponents, have a lot of energy going into next week and have some momentum and then have fun. I mean, I, that's one of the things that, I mean, these next two matches are great opportunities. And Mark Briggs talks about this a ton in the locker room. They have it written down. They have all these things, you know, you talk about, you know, responsibility, things like that. And then at the bottom have fun. And I think that's sometimes the things that they've been missing, but I mean, to be honest with no crowd, it might not be as easy to have fun, to, to, make it feel like you're not really playing in front of as many people, although you're doing it virtually and digitally, um, that could be a factor too. Um, so we'll see. But dot, playing down to their opponent, to me, huge factor going into these next two matches. Um, and then obviously that will hopefully build into playoffs.
1: I agree with that. And it's a great point because if you look at the scores they played when they played Group B, I mean, you've played LA Galaxy close. one. That's the only loss of the season. You tied against San Diego. Um, You beat uh, Orange County on a dramatic win. And then the toughest team, obviously, in the group is Reno. And they beat Reno twice, and they tied twice. They can beat good teams, and that's why I really think they have a great shot against Phoenix going forward. But when you look at the teams they've played, obviously Portland and Tacoma, they've played down. They've tied games. They've almost lost games to Tacoma. They almost lost or they almost tied against uh Portland a few weeks ago when their win streak was still uh going and they had that magical goal by Julian Chavez at the end that really saved the win streak. But they could win tough games and they can beat tough teams. It just gonna be interesting to see how they finish these next two games because I think playing down their opponent has been an issue. I don't think it's gonna be something that any of the Republic players or coaches say. But if they can beat tough teams like Phoenix, I think they have a great shot to go all the way. It's just going to come down to really playing tough and being tough.
0: Yep. And I think this team has a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Uh, USL Power Kings came out this week. They're ranked 10th despite having one of the highest point totals. You could say that's because of the weak group. However, they've played everybody tough. Like you said, only one loss. They've now have 10 straight matches unbeaten overall, a successful, successful year but you're right unfortunately it comes down to how you perform in the big moments and in playoffs and so hopefully Sacramento is ready for the challenge well Cameron Salerno two big matches this week uh Tacoma Wednesday and then Saturday we will see you out at Papa Murphy's Park good to see you my friend we'll see you Saturday and uh hopefully hopefully next time we have you on the podcast it'll be a mid-playoff run
1: yeah that'll, that'll be great Connor and I hope uh Sacramento can make a playoff run I'm saying right now I think they can if they can get past Phoenix and they play Reno again, that will be fun. I, th- I think, I think they've, they've owned Reno. They should be 3-1 and one against them. And our, the last game was the only game I think that you can really say that was, that was a tie. Both teams played phenomenal. Sacramento should have won, and they should be 3-1 against Reno right now. It's going to be a we, lot of fun. It's going to uh, be a lot of fun.
0: How can people, how can people follow you on Twitter, uh, get your articles, all of that?
1: Yeah, if you follow me on Twitter at Cameron Salerno1, S-A-L-E-R-N-O, 1. Yeah, I post all Sacramento public content. I write stuff on sacbee.com. So definitely check it out, and we'll definitely have more content coming out as the playoffs go on.
0: He follows your Sacramento public, does a fantastic job. Cameron Salerno, thanks so much for joining on the podcast, and uh, we'll see you on Saturday.
1: Yep. Yes, sir. Thank you.
0: Our thanks to Cameron Salerno for joining the podcast yet again. Once again, guys, if you haven't listened to all of our longer interviews, um, go back and listen to those. We have some really, really good interviews. Carlton Belmar, Rafa Diaz, Shannon Gomez, Jaime Villarreal. Go back, scroll up, go look at the archives. Lots of good, good interviews in there. And even Mark Briggs from a while back, a couple weeks ago. And then if you go all the way back to our very first episode, Mark Briggs, Talks about himself a little bit more. So a lot of good stuff. If you haven't listened to every single podcast, especially the long-ended ones, please do so. They're really, really good. You get to learn a lot about our players. Um, Todd Dunavant was another really good one. We even had athletic trainer Betty Almeida on, which was really cool as well. So make sure you go listen to those. A lot of those are really, really cool. Wanted to make sure we did that real quick. Coming up on Thursday. I mentioned it earlier in the intro. Alicia Rodriguez from SB Nation. Looking forward to getting her insight on how she thinks Sacramento is going to do as a little bit of an unbiased opinion. I'm very biased. She a little bit more unbiased. Um, obviously a writer for Indomitable City Soccer and SB Nation. Uh, so she has good insight and covers many teams on the West Coast in the USL. So big, big one coming up Thursday. Again, don't forget Sacramento taking on Tacoma Defiance FC. That match is on Wednesday, tomorrow. If you're listening to this on a Tuesday when this comes out, 7 p.m. Pacific time kickoff in Tacoma. You want to watch it? Why would you not? Of course, you're going to watch it. KQCA, My 58, Estrella TV, and ESPN Plus. Again, 7 p.m. Pacific time kickoff. Rob McAllister, as always, fantastic play-by-play announcer on the call for that one. All right, we thank you guys for joining us on this week's episode of the Breakaway. We'll see you on Thursday, and as always, Go Republic.